or listening to A to the K. 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 These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. So welcome to to today's this week's unique segment. This, this week's, week's unique segment. Um, the history of Edge, the rated R superstar himself. Um, so in this segment, take a look back at the 2021 World Rumble winner heading to the main event at WrestleMania, the man, the myth, the legend, Edge. Um, and what a career he has had, you know, decades. You know, we were just saying before before we hit record on this, decades in the business. Um, started wrestling in 92, joined the WWF. Uh, in 1996 so and here he is today 2021 still going strong you know looking at his list of accomplishments like you know he's a hall of famer (laughs) because of what we're going to go through now so he's a four-time wwe champion seven-time world heavyweight champion i don't think anyone under the wwe umbrella has won the world heavyweight championship more times than edge so that in itself is is incredible he's a wcw united states champion uh during the whole invasion thing He's been the Intercontinental Champion five times as well. Tag team, you know, we can't forget that. He's the World Tag Team Champion 12 times, seven of which with Christian. He's also been a tag champion with Kogan, twice with Chris Benoit, once with Randy Orton as part of RKO, and again with Chris Jericho. He's also held the WWE Tag Team Championships twice, once with Mysterio and again once with Chris Jericho. He's won the King of the Ring. He's a two-time Money in the Bank winner upon which both times um, he was successful in his cash-ins, once again, John Cena in 2005, and again against Undertaker in 2007. And he is now a two-time Royal Rumble winner, winning it in 2010, and then 11 years later, a couple of weeks ago, in 2021. So, my gosh, <laughs> what a storied career um, for yep. someone who, what a career. you know, looking back, just thinking... You know, but the first time we saw him and stuff to, to where he is today, like, I just, it's a hell of a journey that and them are incredible. You know, you sometimes I think Edge, you know, you think of like the greats in the business and a lot of the time he gets kind of overlooked. And then you, you read those accomplishments and you look, you know, triple crown, you know, probably quadruple more, you know, crown champion now in, in WWE. So it's just incredible. Totally agree. And remember, you can't spell Edge <laughs> without Edge. Love it. Fucking love it. So. That's a t-shirt there, Carl. Get it made. Anyway, so I figured it's it's probably not going to be the the easiest topic in the early years for us, Carl, because um, I don't know about you, but I certainly remember more sort of not even the brood really, but moving away from the brood and being the uh, the like the the amazing tag team that was mm-hmm. Edge and Christian. But um, to give a bit of a brief, because this is the history of Edge, um, we'll we'll go back to to talking about his early years now. I'll need your help on this one a little bit, Carl, because it, it would appear there's this slightly differing stories on, on how this came about. So I'll gloss over the, the earlier. He started wrestling in 92. Obviously, he's Canadian. Um, he wrestled with Christian, among many other names, uh, on those sort of independent scenes uh, without WWE. Um, so we'd worked with him many a time before, went under different aliases. I believe one of them was Sexton Hardcastle, which is... That's, that's a better name than Edge, so there you go. Um, but from what I've heard, Bret Hart, or certainly Bret Hart's business manager, had some heavy involvement in him sort of finding his way mm-hmm. to WWE. Uh, I think it's important to know that he did have some time in WCW, so they're probably the next biggest um, promotion he'd been with. I don't think he'd done a lot of work with them, but certainly was notable on there for a bit. But um, the reason I need your help on this, Carl, is because as I understood it, 
it was a uh, Carl Dumco, who was Bret Hart's business manager at the time, who saw something in Edge and told him to to uh, you know put in a, an audition to WWE or however it worked at the time, um, and Copeland, Copeland. Wow, yeah, let's go with his real name, Adam Copeland uh, Edge. Um, had actually basically not really heard anything from that audition, but then by some sort of chance of fate. Uh, Carl DeMarco ended up involved um, I believe he was the president of WWF Canada and then from there was like in a prime position to put in a good word for them and then come 96 we see uh, Edge joining the WWE now from what that that's as as I understood it but I believe um, you've mentioned that he had some some sort of push and some sort of involvement from Bret Mm -hmm. Hart so at the risk of being wrong (laughs) um, do you want to talk about that little bit as well just because obviously I don't want to be Full of misinformation, so we'll give it all. We'll give all the information. So one of these stories is true. Um, so I heard somewhere, um, it might have even been a, an old Edge interview, um, but he said that obviously he was, he was in Canada. I think he was working out of Winnipeg at the time. Um, and I think he went down to Calgary um, to to see Brett. So I don't know whether it was part of a, you know the dungeon or whether it was you know what he was doing down there, but um, he went down for a bit of training or something with, with Brett himself. Um, and kind of Brett had, had kind of looked at him, spoke to him, and said, "You know what? He's got all the fundamentals. He's um, he's got good size. He's got good ability. Um, he's going to go and put in a good word with Jim Ross, who was the head of talent relations at the time for WWF. Um, and I believe off the back of Brett's recommendation, they brought him into a to a live show, or um, you know, they, they, did, they did something with him. I think it might have even been in Canada, and I believe it was um, Michael Hayes." got in the ring with him um, just to kind of put him through his paces. And they were like, yeah, Brett's absolutely right. So, you know, he's definitely got something. And then I think he was he was offered a contract um, shortly after as well, which I think was something like two like $200 a week or something like that, which I think, he, you know, he was chuffed with because it was, it was way more than what he was earning at the time, um, just as like a developmental contract for WWF. And then um, that's kind of how he got his, his foot in the door from what, what I heard. I think Brett was obviously the guy who managed to get Jim Ross's ear to say, you know, you need to take a look, Sexton Hardcastle kid, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, see whether he could be a good fit. Yeah, JR thinking it was a dirty movie, went for it and uh, wasn't. <laughs> good old JR. joking, of course. Uh, but no, I believe um, he actually trained with um, with a few different people who were involved with Bret Hart, didn't he? So um, the likes of uh, Shamrock and, and Test and all that. Um, so I mean, again, it's um, I don't, is Shamrock Canadian? I know, I think Test. I don't think Shamrock is now. I could but, be wrong. Uh, actually, I've never really thought no, no. about it before. I don't think so. But um, in either case, I know the the in the early years they all done a fair bit of training together. So he's he's worked with with well, he came up with some of the bigger names in the business um so again we have to slightly gloss over his, his early early years but uh, he gets his foot in the door with wwe carl and then we have probably looking back now quite a strange storyline probably not one that would work today but and this is still slightly before my time but one that you'll certainly remember and this is um edge sort of starting out in a feud with gangrel the vampire himself um and gangrel brings in edge's brother christian and slowly through this feud they win edge over and we form the brood which we're just buying into that whole popular vampire blade type mm-hmm. thing at the time by all accounts but they were vampires mm-hmm. they drank blood. in fact i don't know if they were really meant to be vampires i know gangrel was i don't know how heavily they leaned into that because again i was more edging christian than i was the brood so that was slightly before my time were they vampires well, too or were they just hanging I don't around think they had fangs 
Um, but I don't know, I don't know whether you know yeah. Gangrel's thing was obviously he had the fangs um, and used to drink the blood or whatever from a chalice. I think I think they might have got involved in that. But I believe at the time, I don't know whether it was Blade, as mm. you say, or whether you know, I don't even know what was around back then. Was it like Buffy, Angel, or was that later? I don't really know. Uh, probably the Lost, Lost Boys, Boys or yeah, whatever. Um, you know. So I believe, obviously, that was kind of the thing they wanted at the time. They had the kind of look for of vampires and stuff. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's where it kind of. But, so we had some we had some work with the Brood. And I'm not discrediting the work with the Brood, but obviously that that then sort of evolved into them joining the Ministry, and then not joining the Ministry, and then betraying Gangrel, and and that sort of led to the sort of end of of the Brood, as it were. And um, again, it was probably really fun at the time. By today's standards, this probably seems a bit cheesy, really, but that's um, that that's what we had back in back in the era, well, Carl. Back you know, in the era, for Edge, like pretty what? cool that he's he's not been there that long, and straight away he's like part of a faction with Undertaker. I mean, there was shitload of people part of that faction at the time oh yeah so you had um yeah oh yeah the ministry was huge at one point i think they joined the ministry around the time of stephanie mcmahon's kidnap right, that storyline okay. um so there was a lot of people involved at that point but even so it's still a, it's, it's still a good accolade to say quite early on that that's the kind of thing yeah, he was doing definitely. you know but um it, i think it, it it's fairly fairly clear from from that point that you know edge and christian were you know they they already knew each other, but they worked really well together, and there was something there was just something there. So what we slowly moved into, and I want to say around early two thousand, certainly when I started watching, um, we we had Edge and Christian as just an amazing one of the high flying tag teams, one of the most notable tag teams of that era, along with the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys. And in fact, in fact, Carl, I believe they were the inventors of the uh, the TLC, were they, they were. not? Yes, um, which is a pretty pretty fucking cool concept, isn't it? At the time, obviously, you had the Dudleys. ECW, who were very much known for their tables, um, and then you know the the Hardys were high flyers, so it was like that made us with ladders. So they were like, "Well, we can have the chairs." <laughs> yeah, you guys get chairs. <laughs> Which I mean, to be fair, they put to good use. But, they had the um, concerto and everything, didn't they? So they, you know, to be fair, they made a a pretty good go of it. I think. Um... I think being able to, like, never mind the titles, and don't be wrong, titles are important. It's great to be able to walk away and say, I'm a five-time minister and so on. But the fact that, like, you are the reason the TLC exists, that's fucking awesome. That's an accolade in oh, itself, God, isn't yeah. it, really? So that's that's pretty fucking cool. Um, so then, obviously, that propelled them as one of the, the better, bigger mm-hmm. tag teams in the WWE. Um, and you're going to have to educate me on the five-second <laughs> pose, Carl, because this was sort of part of that whole gimmick, wasn't it, of when they were the sort of arrogant heel tag team, yeah. I believe. But uh, so, so regale me this five seconds. Obviously, pose, we had Carl. obviously all the stuff with the Brooklyn. They went into being like a fantastic tag team. You know, TLC is incredible. Um, you know, still get some applauders to this day. Um, but then the the side of themselves that they hadn't really shown at this point was like the kick kind of element, I suppose. And um, the as you said, they were kind of a heelish kind of tweener kind of tag team at the time. And they used to go around different. Um, you know, because they used to work a different part of America or wherever each each week, didn't they, for each show. And they'd, uh, they'd always do, you know, for the mm. benefit of those with flash photography, because obviously cell phones weren't a thing back then. Um, <laughs> they were going to do a five-second <laughs> pose. And, like, they used to just do the most crazy outlandish things that would usually take the piss out of whichever, you know, state they were in. So, like, in, in, in the image we've got here, I think they were, must have been somewhere down south and they'd just put the fake teeth in and played the fucking banjo and just, like, you know, it was just... That was that was the that was the first kind. Of... But this, I think, um, like this was when I think they were really coming into their own mm-hmm. as characters. But um, they they played really good heels yeah. as well. And to be honest, this is like probably what led to the the eventual split up, which is is the next part of it of Edge and Christian splitting up, both going their separate ways. And I know this is about Edge, but 
I do want to make a side note of saying like it's not very often you see a tag team split up and both of them do well. And I'm not going to try and pretend here that they're, they're on par. No offense to Christian, but I would say in terms of accolades and status, I think Edge was probably the bigger guy there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they both did incredibly well uh, on their solo run. And normally you see one suffer quite a lot when they split up. Um, if you look at the likes of Bubba Ray and Devon, like Devon's, again, he's a legend. I'm not going to knock him, but like Devon went into the whole Reverend Devon stuff. So you, you usually see one suffer with like a, a, a bad gimmick. But when these two split up, obviously, Edge, I think at that point, that's when he moved into his Rob Zombie really cool entrance music kind of thing. Uh, had a, a decent solo run. I want to say had started out with a feud with Christian over the IC title and um, sort of propelled himself in that sense. And obviously Christian, we had the, um, the the sort of, his whole initial gimmick was the fact that he wasn't dragged down by a tag team anymore. His whole theme music was based on that. <laughs> At last, you're, you're on. on. <laughs> and um, his character work again was fantastic. So it's great to see that neither... Neither party suffered from that tag team splitting up, even though they were an ace tag team. But um, we get to see Edge now having a solo run, which is where he racked up a lot of his... Because his, um, he, he wasn't world title level at this point, but this is where he racked up his IC title uh, reigns and the like there. And um, we then lead to probably one of my favourite uh, of this era. <laughs> Second, actually, because the, the one after is fantastic as well. But his feud with Kurt Angle, <laughs> I thought, was fantastic. And to get over such a, a daft gimmick of like hair versus hair and another accolade that really should be on the list that never is is the fact that you know Chris, it, christian i mean edge really propelled the whole yeah. you stuck chant as well it's it's insane if really. you recall at your in this yeah and i'm not saying he invented the you suck chance because obviously the, the the crowd themselves did that but he helped propel that as a as a mainstay for kurt and that sits with kurt now they even say it with affection you know what, though, now. to be fair i'm not sure whether he actually did because i don't think they were uh i don't even think they were chanting at that point I, I remember a promo from edge and he was saying like uh you know what that uh everyone, everyone should should chant you suck or something like that I, I i vividly remember him saying that and trying to get it over do you know what i mean so i don't mm. know whether they were already doing it anyway or what but it's almost like synonymous with like what chant like, as you said, it still still lives with him, doesn't yeah. it? It's it's not gone away. I, I'll never forget, and again, I know we're talking about Edge, but I'll never forget when he, he uh, Kurt was out on injury and when he come back and they were still mm-hmm. chanting, you suck, but with like so much affection for the fact that he's back. And you're like, how has this now become an affectionate <laughs> thing? Like he was lapping it up and they were loving him. And you're like, but you're still saying you suck, but it just became a thing. Um, but yeah, I always give Edge a lot of credit for pushing that over because I do think there was an undercurrent of it anyway. But I really think he helped propel that as like a like a, a thing that became synonymous with Kurt during this feud. Um, and it was a it was a really fun game, even after the fact when um, Kurt was trying to sort of pretend that he didn't have uh, a bald head <laughs> and stuff. Little, it's uh, so stupid, but so good. The wig. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I'd be interested to get your take on it, but. Obviously, the next notable thing for me and the bit I want to go to career-wise after this is um, obviously everything that went down with Matt Hardy. And I do think, uh, like, there was a, definitely a massive shoot element to this, right? You know, there was definitely some real emotion to that. That Their, their ultimate, uh, the sort of, the, what the, you know, the, the ultimate match that it led to, the, the, the you know, the, the climax of the feud, as it were, um, was such a stiff match that there's no way that they weren't, genuinely pissed off one another and um by all accounts there were you know like there, there were some betrayals mm-hmm. like none of that like some of that a lot of that weren't story yeah do you know what i mean um but you know imagine and i know they've probably put a lot of water under the bridge now so i'm not trying to bring it back up but imagine 
being in a hardy position, feeling betrayed by both him and Lita, being so pissed off, and then it becomes a work because, you know, there's a good story to tell here. And then you propel Edge into that whole rated R character because that's how I feel it went down. Is like that he, he became this like massively awesome heel mm-hmm. on the back of that. And it just so happens that's when he starts getting his world title runs and stuff. So it's like that's that to me, that's crazy that it came from from such a place. Now, I, I'd be interested to get your opinion on that because that was me watching it way back when. But um, th- there's no way that, that there wasn't some shoot element to that. I, surely. Mean, I remember watching it at the time. I don't know how old I was, but when Mahali rocked back up because I think he, w- he got released or something um, around that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, yeah. You felt for the guy because he was obviously with Lita and then they'd obviously had some kind of affair or something, hadn't he? And, you know, Hardy found out about it. He wasn't impressed. And then, you know, as you said, someone clearly thought, okay, we can, we can print some, print some money with this. So let's, uh, let's get Matt back and get him in, in some sort of like shoot angle. Um, and when, when, when I first saw him, I was like, holy shit, is he, has he actually jumped the barricade? You know what I mean? And it, it did create that level of like, oh my God. So it was definitely a bit of a killer few. I think you're absolutely right. It was this that Please. kind of propelled that rated R thing, wasn't it? You know, the whole the live the live sex celebration yeah. stuff like that. You know, <laughs> this is the thing, and it was such a work, right? It was a work. There's no way they'd have genuinely let Matt jump to barricade if he was, if he was truly pissed off and what you know. So it was definitely a work. But if you go back and watch that match that they had, it was such a stiff match. Like they definitely wanted oh, to hurt each other. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I don't look at it any other way. Like they they wanted to hurt each other. That was such a stiff match. And it, it it's kind of it's mad to think that they just let it happen. Like I know people have gone out and worked stiff before against against one another. Like I was watching the Acolytes um, documentary uh, before on on WWE Network, and they kind of talked about how they just basically beat up Public Enemy for a while. <laughs> you know, so this kind of stuff. This oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Happened, but um, you know, with with two guys who were really close and then they've had like really bad personal issues just let them go out and just beat the shit out of each other was a, a bold bold decision uh but uh you know that they're, they're good friends again now i believe yeah i mean we saw that in uh, when edge returned and they had all the thing with randy one of the people who come out to defend edge before beth phoenix got attacked i think was matt hardy wasn't it um like quickly before because he, he had suddenly rocked up on AEW as well so that 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 release happened fucking quick but um I distinctly remember that happening. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It is really strange. And like you say, that that rated R thing, and again, I know this is about Edge. I'm going to have to stop saying that at some point. But, like, it's funny how, like, we get into that rated R character and arguably the live sex celebration, that did not harm his character at all. In fact, that mm-hmm. helped his character. But that was kind of damaging for oh, Lita, mm-hmm. which is a real shame. And she was, by all accounts, when you're here now, she was sort of basically told you to do that or you don't have a job, which is mm. fab, isn't it? But, um, but obviously, you know, the, the rated R character is probably, that sticks with them now, I, I believe. Like, you still get echoes of that anyway, don't you? But, um, he, like, that was definitely, that. that's his main event guy. That's that's who he became, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, um, which led into... <clears throat> I was going to say, um, you know, you've already mentioned it, that, before the rated R stuff, he wasn't really, you know, in the, the main event scene as such. But I think before we go into the next feud as well, I wanted to call out the, you know, show how good of if this was, it was actually voted the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Feud of the Year. Um, yeah, really? for 2005, oh. um, which then um, the next feud we're going to talk about was actually voted the 
the feud of the year for 2006. <laughs> and um, so he's just on point, so on in these two years. Um, but the next feud that you know we were going to talk about, I know that you're um doing a, a rundown of this, but I wanted to just give a shout out to a guy on um our Instagram who actually kind of brought this. You know, we, we, we put it out on our story on um put a post out as well just asking some suggestions and we got quite a lot through on the stories but we had um this one in the comments as well from um discus larry collective um who's another podcast and just kind of reminded me of um you know the the scene feud and it was one which it didn't it didn't really come mm-hmm. to mind or stick out but then seeing it as the you know the pro wrestling illustrating feud of the year for the following year just goes to show how you know white hottie he was um and how Obviously, working with the likes of Matt Hardy, propelling his rated R stuff into working with the likes of John Cena straight away just goes to show how quickly that happened. Yeah. And that's funny, isn't it? Because, like, at that time, like you say, that was when Cena was, like, he, was, he wasn't he was even just up and coming. He was he was it then at that point, wasn't he? So, like, that that's um, that's a hell of a feud to move into yeah. from there. So, yeah, definitely boss shout out that. Um, and, like, one that, again, going back to the social media element, Carl, because um, I don't... I don't have a great deal to say about the John Cena feud. Like you say, I didn't, no offense to it. I didn't think a lot of it at the time. I had nothing against it, but I didn't think a lot of it at the time. It's just nice to look back and see that it was so sort of pivotal, I suppose. And, and you don't consider at that point, like that's, that's really cementing him as that, that sort of main mm-hmm. event guy. But um, we obviously had the, the money in the bank um, win. And the, the, I, I believe it's a coin term for him as, as being the ultimate <laughs> opportunist. Yeah. But, um, He's probably, and is it fair to say he had the best money in the bank cash in, or do you think that's um, an unfair well, statement? Well, it was the first, I think. Um, it was the first money in the bank um, that he did, um, I believe. Uh, I think he... No, I think it was the first, but do you think, because um, we've obviously had things like Seth Rollins where it was really fucking needed, <laughs> uh, but do you, do, you, do you think Edge and his run with the money in the bank was think, one of the best. I think to if be not fair, the best, I mean the, the the Seth Rollins one is probably my favourite cash in. I mean even Dolph Ziggler's is up there for the Raw um after WrestleMania. But for me this was Edge's cash in was the what really got the money in the bank gimmick over because it was a case of, you know, okay, yeah, you get a briefcase but Yeah, because it was very you know, new you can it? cash it in after someone's just gone through a match and they are absolutely fucked. And it just goes to show how powerful that briefcase could be. So for me it you know it'll always mm. stand out as, you know, and the, the whole ultimate opportunist thing because you know, you could have been silly with it and cashed it in for a match at some pay-per-view and gone into it fresh or, you know, he saw the opportunity Cena was, you know, wiped out on the floor pretty much after winning his match and he was like, yeah, now's my time. I'll just I'll just pick up the, the scraps and, you know, I think that was that, that was his first yeah. world championship win as well. So everything coming together was... Yeah. Uh, and you know what? It is, it's memorable as fuck. Like you, say, like you say, Seth might be the biggest one for me as well just because we really needed that at that point. But um, like you say, yeah, yeah. It really cemented the whole money in the bank concept, oh, yeah, in there, to be fair. But um, and before we move on, Carl, because I do want to talk about him returning to tag team work, as it were. But um, am I going mad here? Because this is just coming to my mind while we're talking. Or did he have a relationship with Vicky Guerrero he at one certainly point? Certainly did, yeah. Um... <laughs> so I need to mention that because I'm confident that was before we got uh, rated RKO. But what was that? Wasn't she like the GM of SmackDown at the time, and he was like? keeping his uh, position in the company yeah, by uh, exactly. currying their favour with her or something like that. It was really kind of like, yeah. the hell? Because <laughs> I know Lita left mm-hmm. the company and then they kind of just paired him in this unusual relationship. With well, Vicky. that was it. I think, um, I think uh, as a <laughs> he kind of used the fact that he was the rated R superstar and obviously he was a, a heel at the time of like, well, how do you identify your power and, you know, not, you know, keep hold of your belt as long as you can really. So it was like, well, I'll, I'll just go after Vicky. 
obviously he was quite close with uh, with Eddie and mm. stuff as well. So um, yeah, I think I think they had a lot of fun kind of doing that and working together. But yeah, it's fucking mad. It's mad pro wrestling, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, he he had a he had an on screen oh, really? Mickey. <laughs> well, like. I feel like that should have been mentioned. Like it wasn't in my list when I when I was writing this out, but I'm like, it's just coming to my mind now. I'm like, that definitely <laughs> happened. Like it feels like something that I could have made up, but that no, that definitely happened. Um, but yeah, so so we had that during the mix of of his um, his time on SmackDown and his time um, as a singles competitor that happened. Um, and then obviously we have, and I must admit, I thought this was. Not that it wasn't a big team up, but a bigger team up than I thought it was. Because when you ran through the accolades, and we're talking about obviously teaming up with Randy Orton, so we're getting rated RKO. Um, and I'm I didn't realize they'd only won the tag titles. I know it's mad that isn't it? Because it feels like it should have been more because they're a notable tag team. Like that is probably the next one I go to after yeah, Eddie Christian. Exactly the same. And if you think of like all the people, like he's won the belt with Jericho twice. And yeah, well that's the thing. He's won it with Jericho. He's won it with Hogan. He's won it with Benoit. I think was it Mysterio? Yeah, one yeah. of them as well. Um. So he's won it, won it with a lot of people, and he's only won it with Randy once. But I remember rated RKO so well, probably because they work together so well. And in all fairness, probably because it's been part of the story of when he's come back as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like it feels like they should have had more title runs together. That's it. You know what? Throw you me know, that. I think it could be as well. And again, because I don't want to take away from the fact of how awesome they were, but it could just be the fact that they had a, a tag team name. Because a lot of the time, you just don't get that, do you? Like it wasn't like you know, it was just Hulk Hogan and Edge or Hulk Hogan and Rey Mysterio. Because I always think of like you know Jericho, yeah. Big Show, Jericho, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. And if if you have a little cool yeah. name or a mixed theme, do you know what Jericho? Do you remember they actually had yeah, a theme exactly. as well? Um, they, they merged the two songs. Didn't honest, that was I'm awesome. Sure where, I'm not sure whether Crank the Walls Down. I'm not sure I believe it was these called. Guys did as well. Um, or, and, uh, to be fair, I'd have to I'd have to YouTube it after this and see whether whether or not we're making it up. See, in my head, and I could be wrong, but in my head, I kind of had it like they kind of did, but it was like let's play a bit of his and then play a bit of his yeah, rather than actually yeah, merging the two. More like that. Yeah, because Jericho's was like, yeah, they, they, it was literally like a new song, wasn't it? Merging the two mm. two songs together, it was. Uh, it's really yeah, quite good that. It's mad because wasn't they weren't that big of a tag team really, uh, Jericho, but yeah, they put some effort no, into definitely. that team. Up, I, as Jericho I, likes to I do. Think, to I be think fair. the fact that you know we can remember it, it might come down to the fact that they had a, a tag team. I mean, that's something which. Yeah, I mean we're big on tag teams being tag teams, not just slapped together. We'll so come you're quite on to right that there. when we go through this week in wrestling. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan of when they just throw fucking <laughs> people together and say they're a tag team, which seems to be ether. Well, we've got a dusty tournament, <laughs> mate, so it's definitely going to happen on NXT yeah. a lot. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so so obviously we need to get to the really the really sad part, really, and it's um, Edge's subsequent injury and retirement. Now my memory's a little hazy on exactly how this happened because I know he was out injured. And then he sort of came back, but then didn't. Do you remember this? He made a return, he speared a few people, and then he kind of wasn't on screen. And then he come out, and I distinctly remember when he came out and sort of made that really emotional speech about the fact that he's he's kind of done. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like it, it, you could tell, and it's it, like you you probably get choked up a little bit watching it now, like how like gutted he was that that was the case like this is a man who who lived for the business he's already put decades into it and he had so much more to give and you could tell that he wasn't done but he he had to be do you know what i mean and i think the way he explained it as well is that he said like his doctors told him if he keeps going then he'll end up paralyzed um and it's like that that's you know you can't mess around with that you have to like sort of take that and go well yeah uh you know i have to retire but you could tell that he really really was uh, he's I, again, you might disagree, Carl. You've been watching wrestling a lot longer than I have, but that is probably the most devastated I've ever seen anyone retire. Even when Daniel Bryan retired, I didn't think it was as emotional as Edge happened to leave. No, I think um, I I agree. Um, 
I, there, there was just something about, and I don't know whether it's just the fact of he's a great promo. I know it wasn't a promo; it was real life. But you know, you can just you, mm. you just see the emotion. But he knows he's he's articulate on the yeah. mic anyway, isn't he? So even when he has to say something that truly he truly means, he's going to put that over better I than some, isn't he? He just gets his emotions across really, really well. Um, you know, he's just a, an emotional guy, and it comes through, and you can see it on him. Do you know what I mean? Like, but um, so yeah, definitely hit pretty hard. You could see. How much it meant to him, and and the fact he's built his way up from Sexton Hardcastle to, you know, a tag team guy to, um, getting singles titles to being the world champ, and you know the, the you know main event in Wrestle. I mean, he main evented fucking WrestleMania with Undertaker for Christ's sake. Um, you know, you can't go bigger than that. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, but luckily, Carl, luckily, and he he was retired for a good while after this, but luckily. And probably one of the things that not only uh, amongst all the million accolades that, that Edge has got, he is also partly responsible for this podcast, Carl, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. Uh, because we were watching the Royal Rumble, and then who should rock oh, up? Yeah. Out of fucking <laughs> nowhere, because they kept this secret fantastically. Mm-hmm. 2020, we got Edge returning yeah. at the Royal Rumble. And it wasn't just a, I'm returning for the Rumble, and then I'm going to disappear again. No, no, he come back for a fucking run. And um, do you know what? It was amazing. And I prefer this to this year's, and I know they have to do this year's differently, and we'll talk about that. But um, I prefer this whole shock arrival, and didn't have to win it. Like he just, like we know he's back, mm-hmm. and it was that the crowd was there. They got the massive crowd pop. We were all sort of goosebumps about it. You know, it was just awesome. Uh, this year they had to do it differently. There wasn't a crowd. There was no reason not to announce it before, and so we knew he was going to be in this rumble. And uh, we didn't know he was going to win, and that was a shock in itself. But I don't think you can ever compare to that that shock return of twenty twenty. No, it was a, uh, it was insane, and and you can look at how every single person just marked the fuck out for it because it was so unexpected. You know, he was retired. It wasn't. You know, there was no real rumors of it. At least if there was stuff in the dirt sheets about him potentially being clear and stuff like that, people still didn't think, oh yeah, you're gonna see him anytime. He was an actor. He was on Vikings. He was doing all these other things. So. It was like okay, um, like he wasn't even a thought in our. He certainly wasn't in mine. I don't know whether he was in yours, but when we were going to the rumble, thinking about no, no, honestly, like like you say, there was nothing really in the dead sheets that I was aware of either. You just didn't see it coming, yeah, or we like didn't. Thinking about like the surprise entrance you know. and stuff like that, he was just not a name that I thought was possible. I thought he was just done. Um, so to hear that, and it was just you can see the emotion on his face, and you know, I've, I've watched it back a few times since, and it's just the the goosebumps you get just just seeing it and seeing how much it meant to him and how much it meant to the fans, and just thinking, oh my god, this guy's been told his dream is over, is is back for one final run, mental, mm, indeed. And then of course we we move over to this year, Carl. Obviously, they, he had a, a nice feud with Randy. Do you know what? Though? Um, that lasted like seven hours. <laughs> Do you know what? With it's, two it's matches. Such, it's but, just sorry, such a shame, isn't it, as well, when you think about it? Because he had this amazing return and he had this amazing feud with Orton. And then he's been sidelined again, hasn't he, for pretty much the rest of the year. Like he made it through what, like yeah. to April, May before he got injured. And then. Was it was it correct? It was like a pectoral or something. He, he yeah. tore something, didn't he, in that match yeah, with he Randy? He something. Um, which was, mm. you know, obviously is how, how devastating it's his final chance back and then he gets injured so soon. Um, so obviously that was devastating. Yeah. And in some ways that. As much as at the time we watched this year's Rumble and spoilers for those who haven't, he won it, and we were a bit like, mm, like it kind of, it's kind of nice that he came back and won it because of sort of having to be sort of sidelined on his big return. So you know, I, I, I don't, I don't sort of, I don't knock it at all. As I say, it was more just at the time when we were doing our live stream, I probably was it not big on the idea, but as we've got now, Carl, he went on to win this year's mm-hmm. Royal Rumble, and now we are uh, heavily, heavily. Debating who he's going to um, 
who's going to mm-hmm. fight next. So it leads me to the question, Carl, before we move on to, to various other bits we're going to talk about. The question I'll ask you is, who do you want to see him face out of the, the likes of Bala or Roman or Drew? Um, I would prefer Roman, I think. Um, I think I think I, I said it on our post-Rumble show. I, I just, I don't think, mm. and I'm not against face versus face when it's done right, but, you know, Drew McIntyre is a super face at the minute and I want to see him take on Sheamus. I don't think it makes sense to him to drop down to NXT, um, whereas you've got, like, the biggest heel in the business in Roman and you've got, like, the super mega baby face in, in Edge. They both do spears. <laughs> um, you know, you can build a feud off that. So, yeah. Um, I, um... I, I would prefer Roman as well. I have a, I don't know, part of me does think that they might pull the trigger with the NXT thing, you know, mm. because it's it's a place he's never really... He, he seems to, when he talks about NXT, he's like, it's exciting for him that you can see the passion in people and all this, and um, it's somewhere he's never worked, and I could see him him wanting to do it, you know what I mean? He gets to work with Bala, who I don't think he's had a match with, correct me if I'm wrong, and he gets to be on a brand that he's not done before. Win a title he's not won before. I could see the temptation I think there. It'd be I really could. Special as well if um, see Beth is announcing it because obviously she does the commentary for. Of course, like, yeah, she's she's believe, on commentary. I know we didn't speak about it on the news, but um, I believe that it's possible because WrestleMania is a two-night show um, again this year that we are going to see the NXT title defended on the card. Um, so it'll still so be a Mania match, which is good. Match, but um, I mean, do I think Edge and Balor would put on a great show? great match i do um i also think you know drew would as well but yeah i don't know i'm i'm, I'm firmly mm. i firmly want to see roman i think because unless i that's where um, i lean towards I, i'd like it to be roman but uh i know obviously and we'll talk about it in this week in wrestling but edge has pretty much teased every one of them just for the hell of it so leave us guessing you know what i mean but um i don't think i'll be upset with any per se but definitely uh roman would be my favorite one as well I just, I've got a sneaky suspicion we might see the NXT. Interesting, interesting. Don't know, man. Don't know. I'm just got a vibe. <laughs> Good vibe. So other mentions before we talk about our last point, Carl, is um, Edge has also had his own talk show like many wrestlers mm-hmm. have had. We had the Cut and Edge, Carl. Uh, so as far as if we had to rank all of the different talk shows, all 648 of them, um, you've got to put Edge's Cut and Edge somewhere near the top. Yeah. You know, it's not quite uh, Jericho's highlight reel. It's nowhere near Piper's Pit. But let's face it, it's better than Miz TV or the Dare Cheat, isn't it? Oh, yes. You know what I mean? So um, it's one of, the, one of the better talk shows as much as it's like an overdone thing now. I don't even know. if it, I don't think it was particularly overdone when, when Edge did it, to be fair. But certainly is now. Yeah. Well, I think um, it's funny, really, because didn't uh, Christian have the peep show as well? So they had the... Uh, oh, yeah, they did. Their their own. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, just saying it now, no offence, Edge, but if you're listening to WWE, like you probably are, you rip off everything. Don't have another talk show, even if it's Edge. I don't want to see Please. Cotton Edge. No offence. Love you, Edge. Yeah, you can do other things, man. <laughs> you can other do other things. things. You don't need to do the Cotton Edge. Um, <laughs> so um, what we'll do as well, we'll talk about the fact that... Um, sorry, one other thing I'll mention is um, he, I, I have to thank him for um, changing the, the fucking... John Cena fucking spinny belt as well. He was responsible for changing the style of that, which I've got to thank him for. Not massively, but at least it was a bit different than than John Cena's spinny belt because they got a bit old, a bit yeah. fast, didn't they? But um, he had his unique championship in the rated R belt. To be which fair, it's cool. another accolade to the list, really, because there's not that many people who've had their own thing. You know what I mean? You had the the, uh, the smoking belt from Stone Cold. You had the million dollar belt for million dollar man. But um, you know, definitely unique. Yeah, and you get some designs that aren't used like uh, undertaker's got his own belt but it was never used 
in WWE, was it? It's just one you can yeah. get now. So um, it is, like you say, it's one of them where, like, this was a belt that we, you know, we wore week by week. So um, it, it's not often you get you get to de- have your own specific design, which is cool. And all you do the um, the side plates now, unless, people. <laughs> unless you're John Cena, in which case you basically just get your own version of every belt. Yeah, any, any belt spin, you touch. Damn it. <laughs> so, yeah. I want it full of diamonds. <laughs> I want it to spin. Okay, John. But um, but yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. But the last bit I wanted to mention, last last thing we'll talk about is obviously he had a lot of time away from WWE. Um, and what did he do in that time, Carl? Well, he, he went and became a fucking good actor mm. as well, didn't he? You know, because multi-talented man that he is. Uh, we saw him in the likes of The Flash, which is a show that I do actually watch, so I, I could talk about that. Um, I think he appeared in season two. Brief roles, I'll be, but he was in he was in The Flash, and uh, therefore part of the Arrowverse, and therefore knows Stephen and Mel, and therefore will probably turn up in, in heels alongside <laughs> CM Punk. Rumor mill. Um, but then, obviously, he's been very notable, and sadly, it's not a show I watch, but one I'll probably get to at, uh, at some point. But he's been very notable uh, of playing a Viking in, I, I think the show is actually called it Vikings. Is, it, right is it was funny, really, because I don't watch it either, and it's something that my dad watches, and he's been telling me to watch it for ages. Um, so eventually, I'll get around to it. Mm. But um, I was chatting the other day uh, with him about wrestling and stuff like that, and he was like, Oh, yeah, it's, um, Edge won the Rumble, didn't he? I was like, Yeah, yeah. I, like, I do you know what? I didn't even know he was on. Vikings, like I watch it, but because um, he's that good, I didn't even recognize it was him. And I was just like, oh, so there you go. He must have some decent acting chops. Then <laughs> he passed as an actor. I can see it to be fair, because he's like when you can do such good character work in the ring. I think acting's not not a million mile away. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, look at uh, no, and no offense to him, I'm not, cause I'm not having a pop, but look at Batista. You know what I mean? He's um, he's had a fantastic acting career now. And is one I would not have guessed. In all fairness, no, no. disrespect to him. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me that Edge is is a, a talented actor. But um, but yeah, so on top of that, you know, he's got that career outside of it. And to be honest, that says so much more about wrestling for him, doesn't it? Because he's had mm-hmm. that um, as like a well, I can't wrestle anymore. I'll do this, and he still sort of had that passion. He's had to come back. He wasn't done with it, and he knew he wasn't done with it. And uh, I don't know, it says a lot on it when you can be that impassioned no, about something. Yeah. I think. Um... He, he did a film as well um, called Money Plane, which came out last year, which I, I've not seen yet either. But So he did actually translate into the... <laughs> I, love the I love this part of our, our talk. He's in a lot of stuff, stuff we've not seen. seen. Um, <laughs> so no, that, was, that was the history of Edge. Um, I suppose to, to finish the, the whole segment off, what's, what's the future look like, Anthony? Is he going to win? What's next for him? Who will he face? What will he do? I think, I think he's got another title running him. So I think... I'm not saying he's going to beat Roman. Um, I'm not quite sure how it's going to play out, but I think we could see him with the title on him again mm-hmm. at some point. I think a lot of people would be annoyed, especially with the work Roman's doing at the minute, if he goes up against Roman and wins. Uh, I, this is where, again, I kind of lean towards NXT because he's never been an NXT champ before, and it's not that damaging if he, if he wins against Balor. Which I thought was weird as well, and I know we're going to cover this on the Week in Wrestling shortly, but... Um, you know, when he was on NXT, he said to Balor, didn't he? I've never had that. I'm pointing to the belt. He's never been a universal champion. Just going to throw it out there. Yeah, but he probably knows that that's just a little <laughs> bullshit anyway. Like, I know he's a seven-time world champion. All the universal title but, is. You know, it's not called that anymore. So technically. Yeah, all the universal belt is is the big gold belt. <laughs> but they don't want to use the big the gold big belt anymore. Because that's has to have a massive... You know what? We, we need, we, we need to talk that's about all another thing. Because um, I don't want to derail this. But I fucking hate them new belts. In fact, I hate most of... Pretty much all the new belts they've got. But do you remember when, like, the... the... I think, um, tell you what, Carl, have we got anything on next week? Anything already in the books for um, next week? I'm not sure, you know. don't think so. 
we have had an, we okay. have had an email from, if we can. from um, a guest, an upcoming guest, but I don't think it's for next week. Okay, so what we'll do, all being well, next week we'll we'll go through the belts we love and the belts we hate and why we fucking hate them. I like it. I think that's a, that's a topic it in its like fucking Sounds like a belter. Self. It's a belter. Love it. So that was pretty much our talk on Edge. And I know this is like the history of, and we've ran through his career, albeit somewhat briefly, but this is so we can talk about the, the main sort of things we remember about his career and why he's a, an absolute ledge. Um, again, you need to make that share, Carl. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, I uh, I honestly... I know I don't know what this whole ageism thing is like. I, I've not got an issue with the fact that he's forty-seven because it's to me it's down to whether you can go in the ring, and he certainly mm-hmm. fucking can. So um, yeah, I want to see him with with the belt again. I want to see him with the NXT belt. Mm-hmm. I've decided during this conversation. I've decided beat Balor. Go on, go do I, it. Um, I'm just excited for the the ones he, he wasn't able to work with. Do you know what I mean? I think um, it's a shame that since he's come back, he's just worked with Randy only Randy because we've seen that as well. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, I thought it was it was right, it was it was booked correctly and, and everything, but um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'd like to see him against like you know a Seth Rollins or or some you know some. Seth is a definite match. Like I really need to see that before um, before long. Like I don't know how soon they can do it because he's obviously going into other things at the minute. But we need we need to get him and Seth against each other somehow. That'll be awesome. Been wanting that. Been wanting that the first time he returned, and then he went against Randy seven hundred times <laughs> for seven hundred minutes apiece. <laughs> So that was our, our talk on, on the man that is Edge. Mm-hmm. So we hope you enjoyed it. We'll do more of these. We'll look at specific people in the future. But we thought it's only in keeping, given the big return and um, the, the speculation over where, what he's going to do next, um, it seemed like the, the right one to do for uh, for the, the first, I think, history of wrestling. It is, the first. So here you are. This is an iconic moment. Remember it, guys? Another accolade for Edge, too. <laughs> yeah, he was the first on our history of... You know, if he wasn't in the Hall of Fame, I'm sure that would be the, the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. So um, obviously we'll we'll have a short break. You'll hear from our sponsors shortly, and then we will be right back with this week in wrestling. Monopoly Events presents for the love of wrestling, Europe's largest wrestling convention, back in Liverpool, the Exhibition Centre, between the 15th and 16th of May. Guests this year include Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, the icon. The showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. Three-time WWE champion, three-time TNA champion. Things are about to get extreme with Jeff Hardy. Seven-times women's champion, diva of the decade and Hall of Fame star, Trish Stratus. Grand Slam winner and the wrestling god, John Bradshaw Layfield. These and many, many more will be joining us in Liverpool. Find us on Facebook at For The Love Of Wrestling. Visit our website, fortheloveofwrestling.co.uk. For tickets for entry and guests, visit ticketquarter.co.uk. That's ticketquarter.co.uk. For the love of wrestling, by the fans, for the fans. <laughs> 